You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Welcome to Business in Black. This is your host, Danita Harris, coming to you from a remote location today. I'm on the road visiting my family, and uh, Dr. Hughes is down in sunny Florida. Is it sunny down there, Dr. Hughes? It's sunny, but we got allergies. It's, it's, the pollen oh. is unreal right now, so it's, it's allergy, and pollen is on, like, just evil. <laughs> I saw me. Oh, no. today, though. Uh, Palm Beach Post posted a picture of uh, what pollen looks like, and they and they right next to it was a picture of the Death Star, and <laughs> I was just like that. <laughs> I <laughs> like, remember I those days. <laughs> so, yeah. Cars are covered uh, in yellow film, and yeah, yeah and, I and remember it, those days. You can't. It, it's the pollen that you can't see that's worse. So it's just like, oh, okay, where are you? And go away. Yeah. So it's starting, and um, but we're supposed to cool down. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Nighttime is getting down into the 60s, and so next week nice. I'm very happy because we're going to be in the low 70s during the day. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. great birthday weather. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> That's good. Sit out by the beach yeah. and have a nice little uh, Listen, go up to the place we used to go to in Palm Beach. Um, yeah, you, huh? and yes, have a nice, uh, mm. yeah, mahi mahi sandwich or whatever we used to yep. get down in some sangria or Between something. Between that and the um, honey, that, mm. that Cobb salad was amazing. So we'll figure it out. Yes. We'll figure it out yes. though. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, mm. I'll be there in spirit. I will be there in spirit and yes. next week I will be back in uh, the Brooklyn BK New York but um, this week we wanted to come to you and talk with you a little bit about um, international business I don't think enough um, entrepreneurs really think about getting into international business and I know where you are Dr. Hughes where I used to live it is um, hotbed, thriving uh, community of information, of resources, of education that's available for free right at your fingertips in person. Um, they put the meetings together for you. Um, the county down there in Broward is just very key to um, helping people with international business. As a matter of fact, we probably need to try to get Paola on a, uh, a show, but in the meantime, we can talk about um, some business challenges. I know she's out of the country right now on um, a mission, matter of fact. And so um, a lot of businesses don't even consider, I don't think, um, less than, what was the statistic, Dr. Hughes? Less than 5%, less than 10% of businesses in the United States are doing business internationally. Isn't that correct? I think it's less than 5%. Yeah. I think yeah. people um, think there's a lot more involved in the process. And when you don't mm-hmm. know, you don't explore what you don't know. But um, right. it's actually a lot easier, especially especially if you are a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a manufacturer. Um, especially, and, and particularly, and I'm speaking from Florida now, because I know um, the Florida Department of Economic uh, Development, there's some of their resources with through Enterprise Florida. They have grants, but their grants are specifically um, prim- uh, for um, manufacturers. So if you manu- manufacture mm-hmm. a product, 
um, they have grants that, mm. that they have help you export grants mean free money, free money. Yeah. How, how many people know that? But if you don't know, mm-hmm. you have to get out there and get connected with the information. So I think one of the reasons is primarily because people are intimidated by the process or they think it's so much more involved than what it is. Right. But if you don't right. get out there and connect with some resources that can help you, then you'll, you'll forever stay in that mindset um, and never grow and expand. Um, but there's a whole mm-hmm. lot to to, to expand. Well, and then... Well, and it's really no different than, but a couple of things than starting a normal business here in the States. And think about it. Like I've heard stories from fellow entrepreneurs whose businesses tanked here. Like they, they couldn't, <clears throat> I don't know if you were in on that meeting, but there was a, a, a white male in his mid thirties or so who was in the wine business. And he um, knew that he couldn't thrive in that community because being in the wine business is apparently very expensive Mm -hmm. and the production of it and the shelf space of it and this and the third. And so as a minority and as a female, as a double minority, I would have an easier time entering into the wine business than he would as a white male, because there are grants, there are assistance to help and say, Hey, we'll help you with shelf fees or we'll help you, et cetera, with, with business grants or whatnot. And so he, excuse me, invented some kind of candy and he ended up going to Asia with this candy and just nailed it. That was his, amazing um, uh, business that just flourished and survived and thrived beyond his, even what he thought it would do. Um, And so oftentimes, like you said, there's grant money out there to help you. There's um, people who you can connect with locally from a, a government level who can help guide you through the process to take that fear away from you and, or connect you with the right people. So, and there, and I say all of that because there's so much more opportunity. If less than 5% of people in the United States are doing business overseas, but we're in a global marketplace and we get, um, what is it? Nationalist where we, we think that only America is doing business. Well, we're only like less than 20% of the business global economy. Mm-hmm. And so there's business being done all around the United States that we're not even tapped into, that we could be tapped into. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. um, And so um, Dr. Hughes is right in the hub of the best place, in my opinion, to be for international business, which is South Florida. Um, Every month, just about every other month or so, um, there are countries coming to South Florida to meet with the delegations coming to meet with the the government and business owners like you, um, like Dr. Hughes, like myself, um, that have particular skill sets, particular products that different countries are looking for. So like Dr. Hughes is a global mentor coach, she could actually take her knowledge and is looking into doing this and take her knowledge and go and go to Belize or go to Panama or go to wherever and teach what she knows to companies. And that is 
doing business there. It doesn't have to be a hard product. Um, I met people on the plane headed down to Trinidad from Fort Lauderdale who take used tires and sell them in Trinidad. And so there's, there, I think, let's take the, the fear factors out of a lot of these things because I think that fear would be um, the number one reason. Like, even though ignorance is ignorance, I still think we're ignorant because we, we have a fear of some, some sort of, like, we can't delve into that particular arena because we, we won't have the wherewithal to compete. But if these Asian companies are on Amazon, haven't you ever ordered something off of Amazon? And you're like, gosh, it sure is taking a long time. Next thing you know, you're getting postal mail from China. Yep. Because it, it came in from China. Yeah. Yeah. Days. And you mentioned yeah. AliExpress and, and Alibaba because the same correct. thing. Correct. That's the same company. Correct. And so if they're able to import in, we're able to export out. Exactly. And so we shouldn't have that fear of, um, oh, well, I don't know what to do. Guess what? This is what this show is about today. Um, we're going to be talking about what to do and how to do it. And I hope you will um, learn an awful lot from it because we definitely want to share as much as we can um, from just from the information that we've gathered um, over the years. Right. So with that, Dr. Hughes, um, let's talk a little bit about what it looks like down there since you're down there. I'll let you take that lead and um, let's talk about what that global marketplace, because I know you're currently active with a couple of people um, with the Florida um, enterprise and all of that. So just talk to us a little bit about what all that looks like. Well, it's interesting. The show is right on time because they just did um, a presentation on doing business with belief last week. So, mm. um, and they have a couple more uh, slated coming up. Um, it's pretty exciting. One of the, um, they're actually going to be doing one with the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, that's going to be very new because they haven't done that one before. So every year they're increasing um, the, you know, the different countries and national and nations here to the, the delegates here to, ex to help us explore. So what I like about it is you don't have to go far. It's right here in your community and they let you know, and it's free. It's free information. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. access to these people because after the presentations, guess what you get to do? You get to walk up to them and talk mm -hmm. with them and exchange information. It's not like they speak and they leave or there's mm -hmm. that That's true. keepers around them that says, no, you can't talk to them right now. No, that is the purpose of them coming. They want to talk to you. They want to find out. I mean, they, and if it's something that they're interested in that piques their interest, ooh, you can tell right then on their face. They're like, yes, please give me a call because I want mm -hmm. to know more about you. And they, they you are can see way the, more the, accessible. Mm -hmm. Listen, they're way more. They're way more mean. accessible than Americans, in my opinion. Right, and so you don't have those gatekeepers. Um, you know, you you like with Belize, the mayor of Belize was there, and you get to you got mm -hmm. to walk up to him, shake his hand, tell him what it is you're you you have, what product or service, and he says you need to talk to this person right here. Tell them I sent you. Give here's my card. Blah 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 blah. So they give you, they tell you exactly what to do, who to talk to. Now the process is a little bit different, maybe to actually, you know, implement 
but there are people along the way and they'll tell you this is who you can talk to they're going to help you da 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 so you get all that information firsthand it's not like you have to sit here and search the internet and go through 90 different gatekeepers to figure out who's who and what's what no they're bringing the people to you right now mm-hmm. um you know we have in the state of florida we have something called enterprise florida and their whole goal is to help with the import export process for the state of florida and one of the representatives he's very well known in the state he's been doing it for he's been doing um He's been traveling and doing international development for 25 years, over 25 years. And mm-hmm. he goes to, he's at a lot of the events. He's presenting, he's sharing information and he'll tell you, please come talk to me. And he will sit down and talk to you and he will meet with you as many times as you want. He will help you and he'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentioned <clears throat> Paola. Paola, she works for uh, Broadcom Department of Economic Development. She, her, she is an international trade specialist. That is what she does. Um, right now, they're on a trade mission. I think they're in China. The trade mission right now is China. And, um, but she will sit down with you. Not only will she sit down with you, she will help you with your marketing plan, your export marketing plan. She has a training yep. that she does that she provides. That's free called the 11 Steps to Exporting. And in that presentation, mm-hmm. not only does she tell you what the 11 Steps are, she gives you the resources, the exact resources to go. That's also free. Mm-hmm. to help you with your export marketing because you have to do market research. She gives you the free resources to do your marketing research. So you don't have to pay anybody to do this for you. There's even templates mm-hmm. they tell you. She'll tell you, she will sit down with you and schedule as many meetings as she can due to her schedule and help you. She will tell you, okay, now that we've got this done, this is the next person to talk to. This, this, this. They help you. And there's all different mm-hmm. kinds of ways. And before you invest in going on a trade mission, because one of the things they tell you is going on a trade mission, the trade missions are awesome. There's usually a team of like 25 people and they become your network because you're all there together for, for the, over the course of a week. And, you know, they set up these one-on-one meetings and all this other kind of stuff. But guess what? Before you decide to invest that money, they have a process where they'll go and they'll take what you have and see if it's even going to be a good fit before you invest the money to go. And guess what that is? That is free. Mm-hmm. Free. That's also free. <laughs> There's I'm, a thing here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because you're talking, you may, you know, for instance, China, if you have an extra $5,000, the trade mission to China would have been helpful. You know, it's, it's nothing mm-hmm. else for a great experience. But guess what? Before you invest that kind of money, when you want to know if you're going to get anything out of it, if it's going to be a good fit, mm-hmm. if you're going to get mm-hmm. business out of it, otherwise, why invest $5,000 just for an experience? Mm-hmm. But maybe when they go to South America somewhere, say they do a trade mission to Brazil, guess what? That may not cost you $5,000, maybe a little bit less, maybe more, I don't know. But guess what? If you know that you know, know that Brazil is your market, you can still go through that process to, for them to check to make sure that there's going to be a connection for you. That's free. And then that's what? Find the money. Invest and go to Brazil because right. guess what? Now you're making your own connections. You have the opportunity to meet one-on-one, one-on-one matchmaking. They do one-on-one matchmaking on these trade missions. So you're sitting there across the table from decision makers. They, they make it so easy. And sometimes I think yeah. we, 
we're scared of the process because we either mm-hmm, don't know mm-hmm. or we have, you know, or it's just, it's something different. It's something new, but it's not, you have people there who are hold, literally they're holding your hand through the process yes. because they want you to be successful. Why? Because if you're exporting goods and services, that's money for not only the state, for me, for the state of Florida, but for the United States of America as a whole. And now mm-hmm. you're contributing to our, you know, to our economy, to the GDP. And, you know, that's even more, and that's more growth and more, I'm, I'm telling you, there is a hunger and a passion for, for U.S.-made products. Let's put politics aside, because I know that's another thing that may, has people on edge thinking nobody wants American-made lies. People want American-made because American-made overseas equals quality. Yeah. People know that when they see U.S.-made, made in America, America, they associate that with quality. There's yes. a, I mean, there's so much. So you, you know, you want to get out of the myths and legends, you know, and mm-hmm. um, no, and I will just, you got to connect, go to your, uh, every city has, has an economic development team. Doesn't matter if they're great, fantastic, doesn't matter. You want to go and sit because you may think they're not doing anything, but they are but you're not connecting with them. So I really want to encourage you before we go to our next break, that's the one of the first things you should do is connect with your um, Office of Economic Development and supply just, and you know, my next thing would be get in touch with supplier diversity in Office of Economic Development because these people are here. So that's what they get paid to do. Help small businesses. Absolutely. That's what they're here to do. And With that, we're going to take a short commercial break um, and we're going to come back because what Dr. Hughes said is full of a lot of information uh, that we need to break down and um, and listen to in a different way and just kind of fine tune out and, um, you know, give and what I mean by that is give a little bit more detail to it. And so you're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. back with Business in Black, the weekly podcast of everything about uh, starting, growing, building an empire, a business. Uh, Today, we're talking about specifically building an international business. Uh, We left off with Dr. Hughes giving some really good points on um, some of the availabilities from your local government level. I've never seen, Dr. Hughes, um, a state more involved (laughs) in... um, more involved in development than Florida. I really have never. Yeah. And it's very, it's very refreshing to see how willing, like you said, that they will take your hand and they will help you through the process and they will sit down with you and tell you, this is who you need to go talk to. And, you know, everything that you said is true. I can vouch for that because I've been there. They have the trade meetings that are in-house that you don't have to go anywhere to go to. I mean, just there in the the Broward County area, but then they have trade meetings, like she said, offshore into another country. And so one of the things, the first one I got introduced to um, was one, I think it was um, to go to Africa and they had a whole exhibit going on Mm -hmm. where it was 
people um, that were there from different ministries of agriculture, of, you know, trade and tourism, of whatever. And then they had showcase as well. So they had um, businesses that had come and showcasing their wares from Africa um, so that you could see the products if you wanted to import products into the United States. And so that would be similar to what they would offer um, for you to go overseas, I'm sure. But even if you decided to not go overseas, so let's break down a a couple of these things because I know you mentioned Enterprise Florida. So Enterprise Florida will be able to help you with everything outside of food. So if you're in a food business, you're going to want to reach out to SUSTA, as I pronounce it, SUSTA, as some people pronounce it, S-U-S-T-A, Southern United States Trade Alliance, if you live in the Southern United States. Um, they have one in different places, um, but it, by going to SUSTA, you can figure out um, how to call, you know, Google search it for other regions of the com- country. Um, but SUSTA is the, because Enterprise Florida won't touch food. They'll touch everything else. Um, so SUSTA will help you with the trade and food. Um, so from there, um, you'll be able to go to the, the food and beverage trade shows. If you're living in the South Florida region, they have food and beverage trade shows in other parts of the country. Um, and you will be able to see all of food that um, you can import, as well as, of course, talk to. You could even have a booth, if you so wish, at this trade show to see about exporting your wares to other countries. So there's, you know, dual ways that you can work these trade missions. So if they're having a trade conference, you know, as with any conference, you can decide, do I want to spend X amount of money for a booth or do I just want to walk around and perhaps make connections and pass my business card out, et cetera. That's um, um, one strategy. Um, so whether it's for, through SUSA or whether it's through Enterprise Florida, between the two, whatever kind of business that you have going on, they are there to help you. Um, Enterprise Florida, like you say, and then the government down in Broward County, Florida, um, are very instrumental and very hands-on with connecting you with the right people at the right time, uh, the right trade mission. Um, and um, like you say, they, they even have templates for you. So you don't have to go and research um, a global market entry plan template. They actually have that for you. Yep. So everything that you're looking to do internationally, they will and can help you with. So let's talk a little bit about, um, of course, there are some no's that are not going to translate into other countries. And some of those no's would be um, no products that are banned. Right. So no product ingredients that are banned. Let's start there, Dr. Hughes. So ingredients that we might be allowing in food, let's say, or in beauty um, that are banned in other countries that you won't be able to export those products into those countries. Exactly. Um, Um, Other products that might be banned, you cannot export into other countries. And the bottom line to understanding import-export is 
you are ultimately responsible for everything you export. And you have to do due diligence to make sure you know that you know that you don't know that you know of where it's going and who is going to ultimately consume it. Right. Okay. So I want to make sure everybody clearly understands what Ms. Harris just said. It's not just the product. You have to make sure that where you are exporting is not on a U.S. or is not on a specific list. Because there are Correct. a list of countries that we cannot export to under any circumstances mm-hmm. because they're embargoed for, you know, whatever reasons. So, okay, so say, for instance, anything in ISIL, okay? Anything dealing with any of the countries connected to ISIL, ISIS, anything, a lot of those countries are embargoed. You cannot export in any way. Even mm-hmm. if you don't directly, but indirectly, say you export to a country that is okay, but, but your product ends up from that person going to an embargoed nation. Now you are in trouble. Right. You, you may be saying, but I, I, how can I be responsible for my customer? Because my, I, I didn't do the end user part. Doesn't matter. You're like she said. Do do your due diligence. When in doubt, don't don't go there. Don't touch it. I, mm-hmm. if I were you, I mm-hmm. what what I consider what would be considered safe zones. And again, mm-hmm. resources. It applies Florida. Your you know state economic development, local economic development. They can help you say. They'll tell you because they'll say you might want to consider going to the De- U.S. Department to the State Department website. If you hear that, you probably don't want to be doing no business in that area. Because they tell you you want to go to the State Department of, the State Department's website for the U.S. government and take a look at what they say about this nation. You probably don't want to do business there because they're, they're indirectly saying there, there's some things going on there that you may not want mm-hmm. to get tied up into because at the end of the day, there's some end-user things that you will be ultimately be responsible for, even though you did not directly export to them. The person you exported to ended up sending your stuff there. So guess what? They're going to trace it back to you. Now you have all kinds of things against you, and you may not even be able to export. There's, you're, you're on the U.S. You're on the watch list now. There's all kinds of things, so you want to be careful and make sure that you have an attorney. You want to make sure you have... Um, you connect with these resources and sit down and talk with people before you start exporting. Talk to an export professional and that's somebody in your economic development department. And this is a free resource. Your lawyer is probably not free, but at right, least right. economic development is free. But I just really want to drive that point home that Ms. Harris is saying to make sure you understand it's not just your product because yes, there are certain things that are banned in other states. If you're in cosmetics, the, your cosmetics have to line up with their standards. Mm-hmm. If you're in food, they have to line up with their standards. But you also have to make sure this is something we learned. Guess where we learned it? Going through these trade missions and going through these meetings where they train you and they tell you this stuff for free that you cannot, you cannot, cannot export indirectly <laughs> or directly. I'm just trying to help people because mm-hmm, I'm you cannot export directly or indirectly to a lot of these places. 
Um, and so right, in right. case you think that, okay, but just because I'm not directly doing it, no, you're still going to be responsible. So I just absolutely, can't do that. Absolutely. We don't want anybody to end up, you know, in trouble, criminal mm-hmm. charges or anything else because <clears> you didn't know, because I didn't know is not, <laughs> that's not going to fly. They will not accept I didn't know as an answer. I promise you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but other than that, look, other than that heavy <laughs> note of warning yeah, caution. Um, right, know, but that's the biggest if, if you're gonna be afraid of anything, that would be the biggest thing. But but yeah. what are we talking about? We're talking about products that are could be potentially used in harmful ways. Um yeah. like telephones right? Telephones could be programmed to be used as weapons of destruction, unfortunately. Um, We're talking about things of that nature that could potentially be used. Um, But if we're we're talking about socks, okay. If we're talking about ties, okay. You know, so it it depends on the product. It depends on the country. Mm -hmm. It depends on the ingredients as to where you are allowed to go and, um, where you should be going, um, it depends on the, the embargo list and it, it depends on all of that. But there are so many other outside of the um, danger. I feel like I feel like we're in the movie uh, um, Sex in the City 2 right now where he's yeah. warning them about the forbidden experience, right? Yep. And he's like, there's a forbidden experience. But other than that, have a lovely time. And so that's yeah. really... What we want to drive home is these things are forbidden on purpose. But other than that, um, there are some really good advantages of having an international business. And one of them would be, like I mentioned early on with the, the gentleman who decided to do candy in Asia, um, there's product flexibility. So imagine like the oversaturation of things of let's take like a hamburger shop right an oversaturation of hamburger shops dr Hughes and i love hamburgers right and let's say you take it to a country where there are no or limited hamburger shops right and like dr hughes mentioned just from the the mere fact of people wanting to be more americanized that was the one thing that i really pulled away from the, 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 the streamlined theme of exporting is people want what Americans have. Yeah. And so when you're taking those goods and services over to other countries, they're excited to have it. So it, it, whether it's McDonald's or whether it's um, your own brand of, of restaurant chain that goes to another country, think of like if you did, I have a friend in Italy who was thinking about opening a, a chicken and fries shop, little bodega in Italy because they don't have anything like that over there. So, you know, with the, um, the spiral cut, um, curly fries, they don't have anything like that over there. And it's simple fried chicken wings and curly fries and different sauces. But so when you start moving into, um, other realms, all of a sudden your product might be like, the biggest thing going because they've never seen it before or they've never heard of it before in a different country. So it, it, it can take a, um, what might be a mundane, like, okay, yeah, whatever, get out of here. Everybody knows curly fries and chicken type of idea. When you take it to a new place, it's innovative, it's fresh, it's unique, it's distinguished, and everybody wants a piece of it. Not only that because of the product, but because it's from America. 
So your product might gain more flexibility outside of um, your local, regional, national region um, that you've been trying to operate in, and it might do extremely well over in another country. Um, the other part to keep in mind is there might be less competition. That goes hand in hand with something that's not doing well here. Like I say, my friend in the chicken and, and fries idea is that there is nobody over there doing fries like that. Can you imagine? There's nobody over in the place in Italy where he is doing curly fries like that. So from that, he's got a whole wide open opportunity, not only for that, He's a well-known um, retired basketball player over there. So he has a draw by his name alone. And, you know, he has a lot of good things going for him. And, you know, it, it was an opportunity that he jumped on and he's doing very well in it now. So competition is not going to be the same as it is right. overseas as it is here in America. Right. So not only do your products have more flexibility, but there's less competition for them as well. Um, and I want to say um, this too, some mm-hmm. of your resources will actually help you identify a way to streamline your product so it is unique in certain markets. Because a lot yes. of times we don't think, we can't, sometimes we can't see beyond U.S. Um, and mm-hmm. what's popular and hitting here, but these people travel, they do, they know. This, it's their job to know these things and they can help you figure out how to, um, you know, get your product Um, in these markets and how to make it unique and stand out. The other thing is to making sure they can help you with trademark uh, patent infringements. And, you know, we all know about piracy and people, you know, take stealing designs and all this other kind of stuff. They can help you with that too, because that is a big issue. And it's not something that, you know, they take lightly. They do help you with their process to make sure that your, um, you know, your things are protected as far as designs and, you know, that kind of stuff, or at least, you know, they go through the process to help you, but don't be afraid of exporting or, or considering exporting because you think somebody's going to pirate your stuff because that's what you can't get away with that. You get, it happens here in the U S or because you can't see visually how your product would fit in another market. Use these people. That's what these resources mm-hmm. are. It is. And with that, we're going to take a brief break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit about more about that. Um, you're listening to Business in Black, uh, your weekly podcast of everything starting, growing, and building a better business. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black. And today we're talking about going global, taking your business overseas to a different country that you may have never even thought was possible because it is. Um, we talked about some, our uh, forbidden experience, um, <laughs> a caution. Um, but other than that, um, we want to talk about um, some of the joys and some of the great things about going global as a, as, and we're talking from the perspective as an American going out to other countries, not as other countries coming into America. Um, and so a, a couple of things, again, we'll recap that we talked about. Um, we talked about um, having the knowledge of writing the plan, knowing where you're going, knowing who you're going to target, 
Um, also in that, I want to mention how to set prices because you're going to have to adjust for tariffs that your business will have to pay in order to even get the product in there. And part of the advantage of going through companies like Enterprise Florida or SUSTA will be our, our Broward County um, Trade Alliance would be that they already have that kind of knowledge. They know people at the ports. They know the process of getting things, getting cargo through the ports. Now, if we're just talking about you're, you're flying in something um, through customs that's like a box, a small box, that's one thing. But when we're talking about large crates and containers, uh, large um, barrels or um, pallets, of products, you're going to want to have relationships with people at the ports and understand the port process. And so that that's part of what you need to know um, because your, your product could be sitting in port for years yeah. if you don't, and, and caught up through a lot of red tape if you don't know the proper process. And that goes everything from how to list out what's in your product, what's in the boxes, you know, et cetera. And so they can help you with all of those sorts of things, um, things, but also thinking about names of, of what you're naming your business. So for example, many years ago, Ford was making a car called the Nova. Many of you probably remember it. Well, it bombed in foreign Spanish speaking countries. Why? Because the word Nova pronounced Nova in those countries means no go. So who's going to buy a car that's not going to go? Right. So you have to think about <laughs> the exchange um, from that standpoint of maybe what you have to change the name of your product to meet the cultural appropriation in that specific region. Yeah. I think, um, and that's also part of doing your due diligence, your research, talking with people. Um, again, these professionals who've been there, done that, people who've been traveling for 25 plus years or who do it for a living, even if they've been doing it for two years or one year traveling, in that one year, there's so much, you, you'd be amazed at how much people learn about cultures uh, and being culture specific. Yeah. Um, why do you think that uh, McDonald's in India is not the same as McDonald's in Africa, which is not the, the same as McDonald's in Germany, and it's not the same as McDonald's in the United States of America? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They tailor Taste their market. Taste buds different. Correct. They tailor their market, <laughs> mm-hmm. their, their menu to the market. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's they have a vegetarian. Do you know McDonald's has a vegetarian menu in India? That yeah. And then they say, and then they specifically say on the menu, this is what it says, vegetarian. Then it says for non-vegetarian eaters. It literally says, Mm. so they literally separate the menu. There is a line. It's very vivid. It's very clear. It's literally separated. All vegetarian. Mm. And then it says for Mm non-vegetarians. Then it's over here. But they have all kinds of, I mean, they have like rice bowls and all these different kind of bowls because guess what? That's what. Indian, why do you think they do that? Because they're meeting the needs of the market. They're not trying to force anything. Mm-hmm. They're fitting in. Or like in London, they don't have a quarter pounder because they don't have the same metric system that we do. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, this is yeah, important so. because, you know, you don't want to think every, you cannot think Western mentality with everything you do when you're exporting. Correct. 
because you, at the end of the day, you need the, you need their dollars. Otherwise you wouldn't be exporting to them. So you want to, mm-hmm. beyond, to be honest, you want to um, embrace and or respect the culture because otherwise they're going to learn you some respect by, Absolutely. by the dollars. Absolutely. And I think, and, and, and as, um, as we were taught in our Asian etiquette class that Dr. Hughes and I went to, you will lose faith yes. with consumers if you don't do your diligence to learn about their culture, yes. to learn about the variances from Americans to their culture, and then at least make an effort to greet them in their language, to greet them um, and, and show some respect for their culture. You can't go in with your guns blazing and pew, pew, I'm from the West and I'm a good old American. Uh, you got to do what I say. And, you know, this is the way that the world should be. Like they won't have any kind of respect and you'll lose faith and you won't be able to do business with those particular people and word travels. So you definitely want to make sure that we respect other cultures. I can attest to that. I have a, and I can tell you right now, I know, I know firsthand knowledge of this happening with someone. Hmm. They've been going to a particular nation for years, years, and chose not to learn or adapt to the culture. So after mm. going for years, this is the patience level of some nations. This, per- this person is now losing every contact, every connect, every person who's ever helped them since mm. going to that nation because they said, Can't, I cannot do this anymore. We will not do this anymore because da-da-da-da-da, this person refuses to acknowledge and learn our way. They want to do things their way. And, and you know, we've, we've been patient enough and we've waited to see if this person was going to at least show respect for how we do things here in our country. And they've chosen not to, after all these years, we have no reason to believe, this is their words, we have no reason to believe that they ever will. Therefore, we do not want to do business with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can't get comfortable wow. to thinking just because they, they'll, they keep doing business with you, mm-hmm. that it's going to stay that way. No, they're waiting. Some are very patient to see. They're, they're waiting you out to see and they, and in their mind is like how arrogant of this person mm. that they would just be so arrogant to not show any respect for our values and how mm-hmm. we live here in our country not talking about oh at least try our food this isn't even about that this is just basic values and not respecting the values and principles of how they do business in their country Right. And so it's very important to at least make an effort. This is this is another comment that was made. If that person had at least made an effort and we saw that an effort was being made, we would have worked with them. But because no effort has been made in all of these years, and I'm not talking about two or three years. In all of these years, wow. no effort has been made. We choose to stop, cut ties. Wow. People so are not going to Americans. Well, into Americans, they might be, let's get right down to business. 
Mm-hmm. But in a lot of other cultures, it's about building a relationship. It's about learning about their family. It's exactly. about being engaged with them. And so that conversation slows down because mm-hmm. when you build relationships with other people in certain countries, it's a lifelong partnership. And that's probably yes. why they were extending so much grace for so long because in their mind they're thinking long-term relationships but in that person's mind under unfortunately they weren't thinking that at some point it's like being involved with someone being in a relationship with someone who's never willing if dr hughes loves flowers and they're never willing to bring her flowers not one day that they're dating right not one day right so think of it in, as a give and take. And again, you can't go in Americanized and choo, choo, shoot them up, get them up. You know, this is the way that we do it over here. Let me show you something. And, and we're the best and America's number one. And, you know, have that mentality of superiority because guess what? A lot of these countries have been in long in existence long before the United States of America. And even if they haven't, they still deserve equal respect. Right. And so we have to allow allow sometimes to give up our pace for the pace of the culture and the country that we're trying to, to, to do business with and not impose our time limit on them. So for example, Dr. Hughes knows this, like an Asian business meeting that's around food is going to, that dinner is going to last what? Mm. Six hours. Yes, ma'am. And we might be used to 45 minutes, but (laughs) it's a different process. Yes. That's just like in Germany. And uh, every, every course is a, is a, every course. And it's a heavy, it's not small meals. It's not, every course is different. This is why it's important that if you are going to expand overseas, you first must identify your market and then do the research if, if nothing else, hire somebody. I do cultural etiquette training. There's people who do cultural etiquette training all over the world to help you get acclimated to the culture so you know what you can expect. Don't go in there with a money mindset, trying to make money in a country that, like, like Ms. Harris said, it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. If you don't like coffee, you probably don't want to go to Sweden. Because they don't make deals. Or any Middle Eastern country. <laughs> right. They don't make deals in the office or on the golf course, they make deals over coffee. They're going to a coffee mm-hmm, shop and mm-hmm, their coffee is mm-hmm. very, very strong. And you must really enjoy coffee and because, because that's how it is. And if you don't enjoy coffee, and, and this has come out of the mouth of someone from the country who's done a presentation again, because they've done a presentation here, they'll tell you we most likely probably won't do business with you because they don't mm-hmm. think that somebody who doesn't appreciate a good cup of coffee can't be trusted. Imagine that. You can't be trusted because you don't drink coffee. Not because it's a matter of preference and taste buds, no. But again, it's culture specific. You may think that's ridiculous, but that's it's a reality. It's a reality. Just like going to a culture that's very high in masculinity. What does that mean? Very male-dominated oriented. So guess what? We might be in the rise of feminism and womanism and all that. I am woman, hear me roar. You can do that all you want, but that doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. Why? It's been that way for hundreds of years. Right. It's and on that note, let's talk about dressing with respect and authority. Ooh, come on. And so in certain countries, um, as women, we have to dress certain ways. Modest. Yes. Um, so very modest, very respectful. 
Um, and then also muted body colors. language. Let's throw that one in. Muted colors. Uh, and your yeah. body language, like folding of arms or, you know, hand placement or yes. crossing of legs, showing the yes. soles of your feet. Um, all of those things should be taken into uh, consideration when you're going to other cultures. I know in Asian cultures, it's very rude of you to not take the business card with two hands. Mm-hmm. And it's very rude of you to not look and inspect it. it front and yes. back. Right. So you have to understand that it's a, because that card is a, is an, is an extension of that person. See, we here in America, we're just like, Oh, it's just a business card. I'll call you. But no, 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 no. What you've done is now told that person, I don't respect you because, but you don't see that. They see that card as an extension of self. Yes. Yeah. Miss Harris is dead on because guess what? That is, (laughs) That's a huge error you don't want to mistake. You don't want to get wrong because you don't get another chance to make that impression. You don't get another chance. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very, um, especially in Japanese cultures, um, there is a hierarchy in age. I don't care if, it's, if that person is one month older than you. There's a different inflection and tone and language that you use to acknowledge the fact that that person is your elder. Mm, absolutely. Uh, And the last one I want to note um, in terms of some business etiquette um, would be about bringing your own interpreter. One thing that we learn Mm -hmm. about Asian culture is don't be fooled by -hmm. the fact that they have an interpreter Mm -hmm. because oftentimes they speak better English than the interpreter. It's a game of tactics and wit to bring the interpreter because it allows them time to think about response, to think about their next moves, to think about, you know, where they want the conversation to go. So don't be, don't, don't, again, don't be so Americanized that you think that everybody's inferior and stupid compared to you for lack of better terms. Uh, Just because they have an interpreter doesn't mean that they don't know how to speak English. Right. So, and, and, and with be, that, be mindful of what you're going to say. Right. Don't be so trusting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm, it's yes. Ms. Harris said it earlier, due diligence. We can't say that enough. You're going to hear, you, if you go to these, these meetings where they, that they hold on import exporting, that's, one of the, that's a common recurring word, a common recurring thing. Due diligence. Do your diligence. Why? Because you don't want to be so trusting. That whoever, even if that the interpreter that they may offer you, for instance. Correct. Mm-hmm. If they're offering it to you, you have to, again, think and be careful. Again, be careful of what you say because you want to make sure that, and again, body language, tone, inflection, all that matters. And that all of that factors into how that interpreter communicates your message. So like, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to assume that they don't speak English. That's a gross misunderstanding. That's a gross misperception that Mm -hmm. there's an interpreter there. They don't speak English or may not even understand half of what you're saying. No, sometimes it's just to see how respectful and mindful are you? What are you really saying? Are you going to talk as if they don't know, as if they are ignorant? Because that's that's not going to play well at all. Um, And word travels because you can mess up with one. And they, they'll, they'll even share that experience with their competitors. Why? Because as a nation, they are valuing their nation as a whole. 
Correct. Correct. So don't see Google to well, their competitor and think, ah, no, work travels. So right, yeah. right. Well, those are a couple of etiquette from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. We talked about a little bit about what you should do in the beginning and the cultural. So we're going to wrap this show up here after this break. Um, talking a little bit about financing. I know that's a big um, fear of a lot of people. Um, and and just delve a little bit more into that. When we get back, you're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And you're listening to Business in Black, the weekly podcast where we talk everything about business from starting, growing, and building a successful one. Hopefully yours is on the track. Um, and today we're talking about growing internationally and why do it. Um, I think international expansion, um, for lack of better summation, will help revive old products or help you maneuver in markets that are oversaturated and or dead here in the United States of America. Um, it'll allow um, almost infinite expansion um, and because there's so many other countries outside of the United States as opposed to looking at how many states can I go, you know, go to. Um, it'll just improve growth potential overall. And so going global um, can be very scary for some people. And we've talked about some of those uh, forbidden experience pitfalls that you definitely don't want to fall into. But um, let's talk about some warnings on the financial end. I know Dr. Hughes talked about grant money um, that would be available. Um, And so I'm going to let her talk a little bit in just a second more about that. But I'm going to kick it off with talking about the XM Bank. Uh, And it's the EX-IM Bank, which stands for Export Import Bank. Um, and it's an independent government agency that helps finance overseas sales um, since like the 30s or something like that. And so every now and again, you'll hear in the, the news that they've run out of money and then they'll get money back. Um, so it's a continuously funded program. Um, but the biggest part about the XM Bank is that they can help you vet foreign banks and foreign credibility of people you're trying to do business with. That is their job. They're like the insurance of the deal to make sure that that, that what you're selling is actually getting paid for. Like we were talking about offline just a moment ago, Dr. Hughes was like, the last thing you want is to ship all of this thousands of dollars of product to someone and then you never get a red cent for it. And that actually happened. Do you remember that, Dr. Hughes? That happened with someone who said they had been doing business for years with someone in a foreign country. And the one time and every time their um, information would check out, every time their information would check out. So the one time they decided, oh, I've been doing business with this person for years. I know they always check out. And the one time they decided not to check out, they Mm -hmm. didn't check out. 
Yep. And then they were stiffed on a deal. So you definitely want to continuously check yeah. um, your vendors, your banks, your um, credentials of everyone involved in the deal all the time because you don't want to get caught slipping and then potentially lose tens of thousands of dollars in product or merchandise. Exactly. Um, I just went to, uh, again, the presentation with Belize. Now, Belize is a small uh, small country. They're developing. They're working on infrastructure. They're working on a lot of different things. But one of the things that's a rising concern for many people doing business, I sat next to a woman who does real estate and she owns some property there. And one of the things that she said is a huge red flag, which was a red flag for a lot of people, was their banking system. And, mm, and mm-hmm. the world... Um, World is it uh, with the world? Is it, it's either with the World Bank or World Health Organization. I think it's the World Bank. Um, kind of, kind of yanked some type of approval. Whatever. It's basically the World Banking approval system or whatever, because of how their banking system is structured. Now, that's not to say that you know they may not do some good stuff. I think you know when you're talking talking about expanding to countries like Belize that are in the process of growing their development. Um, meaning mm-hmm. just overall, there are some things that you, you know, consider. So there's some countries are high risk. Now, if you're a high risk taker and you know that in the long run, you've done your, your due diligence, you've, you've done the numbers and you know that, okay, in five, 10 years, I'm going to get a great return. That's good for you. Fine. No problem. But there are some people like Ms. Harris said, you always want to do due diligence because at the end of the day, people change, people change. You don't know what their circumstances are. Um, I know, yes, earlier, you want, to, you want to get paid. Earlier, I didn't mention grants. I know mm-hmm. in Florida, with Enterprise Florida, especially um, the grant money that they have aside, because it's, it's, it's nominal, meaning it's, it's not a lot, they have earmarked it for um, manufacturers. Not knocking it, because I understand that um, when it comes to exports, especially here in the U.S., um, products are, are, are a lot greater um, uh, are significant portion of what's exported in this nation as compared to services, which is something that I do. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really upset about, okay, I can't get the grant money for this particular thing that I do, but I can for this other thing that I do. It's always good to have more than one, one business structure, by the way. Right. Um, but it's, it, you know, you want, just because grant money is not available to me, if you're in the services in Florida, does not mean you give up on exporting. I want to say that again. Just because grant money may not be for you right now, for your services doesn't mean you give up on exporting. Why? First of all, with services, you don't have a lot of overhead. You don't have, right. there's, how many tariffs are there in the world on services? Just ask right. yourself that, because I'll wait. Because there's no- As a consultant. I, I yet. As a consultant. Mm-hmm. Right, as a consultant. I've yet- Yet, to learn about anybody imposing a tariff on consulting services. Now, when it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, if you're doing cell phones and satellite, that kind of stuff, that's different. But even then, this, the, from what I've seen, those are still nominal. Now, is that to say, oh, you know, you don't do your due diligence and blah, blah, blah? No, but you still find out what services or what things are available to you. Go talk to people. And find out, okay, I may not be able to get a grant because a lot of times satellite, cell phones, that kind of stuff are um, regulated. They're regulated industries. You all know this stuff. 
But does that mean you can't find out? There are right. some, you need to find out what's available to you. There are some countries that will not allow, like, okay, you remember when we sat in um, Pitsy in Florida, we had the Florida International Trade um, and Culture Expo. Remember, yes. I think it was the first year we went and UAE was there and she said, we are not accepting any more vehicle imports because we have maxed out the number of car dealerships. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't partner with those, you you can't partner with those people and see if mm-hmm. maybe you can get some of your cars, get them to import some of your cars. See, you can import indirectly, but not directly because they've maxed out. So you can find ways to be able to get paid. This is a way to get paid. Um, and it's probably better for you because guess what? Now you're not paying the tariffs. They are. You don't really care how they pay their tariffs because guess what? That's not your concern. Now you have found a way to get your product into another country and you haven't paid a tariff. You haven't done anything, but it's still there. You have to get creative. And sometimes, you know, we think, oh, I want my name on everything. Why? I told a friend of mine, I had, a, we were looking at doing some, doing a, you know, some business in, uh, in a foreign country that was very, very male dominant. And I said, listen, my name and my face doesn't have to be on anything as long as my check my check is going to clear the same way as yours. You so know I'm what? not so vain <laughs> as to think that I have to be yes. on everything. You have to, be, you have to get creative about stuff like this. And again, that's a way to respect the culture, but still mm-hmm. get, you know, partnership opportunities. That's another way we think about, think about how we do government contracting here in America. There's prime mm-hmm. and subprime. When you export, you don't have to be the prime. It's okay to be the subprime. Right. Sometimes being the subprime is the best. Why? Because you don't have the responsibility. I don't care if you but ain't that's right. me. Guess what? My agreement is with you. So if the government don't pay you, that's not my problem. Pay me. Yeah. So you want to think right. about that. So right. People like Export Bank, XM Bank. That's what, like mm-hmm. she said, they're like insurance to help you. Guess what? That's what they do. They're here to yes. help find yes. people in partnerships. So that you aren't bearing the brunt of exporting alone because that may not be for you. So they have these options for you because they know who's exporting and importing. Right, right. And so there's, you got to get creative in how you get paid because we think some banks are not the, you know, it may not be the way to go. So just a way to think about Mm -hmm. that. And also, you know, you may have a letter of credit, you may have this, you may have that. And that bank defaulted on that letter of credit. That's what XM Bank does too. They make XM sure XM Bank is for yeah, and they and they make sure you get paid, and they deal with it on the back end. And you may mm-hmm. think, oh, I gotta have all this money up front. Not so, because guess what? They have a way to get what they need because they negotiate on your behalf, and they get theirs before you get yours, so that you don't have to pay out front. That's how it keeps going. Sometimes we think that we got to have all this money and all this stuff up front. No. There's ways to mm-hmm. do it, and they make it so simple. They do a free presentation regularly on their services and how they help, and they give. They have people on there who share personal to- stories of their experiences with X and Bank and what happened with them, even the horror stories of, I almost didn't get paid. Right, right, right. That's, that's good peace of mind for you to know how you can get paid. Very so good peace of mind. Yep. 
and just and just you know oh I don't want to pay anybody to help me guess what that's the wrong thinking that's thinking thinking especially and, going out of the gate yeah you know until yeah you start especially going out of the gate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you want to you why not why not use the sources and the information and people that right because I would rather pay something up front than to have to pay for it twice or have to get hit with fines or have to, you right. know, or lose out on that money completely. So, Correct. Um, well, I hope you really learned something today in the show. And um, we have a little, just a little bit more time, Dr. Hughes. So I want to, so we've talked about a lot of different things. Thank you so much for listening in on this show. We've talked about money. We've talked about cultural experience. We've talked about the types of products, the forbidden experience products, um, and their services in our countries. But let's talk about, I have um, a little guide here that I looked up um, that talk about body languages around the world. So in, let's talk about and close out with some of these. Um, so one of, we talked about how in Asia, um, you definitely don't want to lose space, um, by not inspecting that business card. So let's talk about some of the body language that could get you in trouble around the world. So like your head, for example, nodding your head up and down usually means approval, but in certain cultures like Bulgarian and Greeks, they're known for an unusual manner of saying yes, and no by nodding up and down, mm-hmm. signifying a negative. Well, the same and thing so, with the okay symbol. For who? The okay symbol. Thumbs up? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up is not necessarily the best one for some countries. Yes. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's a great example. I really think so. Uh, um, eye contact is another matter- one. Yeah, so go back to your thumbs up. In Malaysia, it is taboo to point with your index finger, but you can point with your thumb. Thumbs up is used in many cultures. None is more than Brazil, however, where the signal is used everywhere. However, it is rude and a sexual sign in some Islamic countries, Sardinia and Greece, and it can signify the number one in France. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, while we're on hands, uh, the American goodbye wave can be interpreted as the single for no in many parts of Europe and Latin. And I've known that yes. living in South Florida, you see that where they're like, no, 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 no. Cause you can see it on their face that they're like, no, 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 no. But they're waving in the hello, you know, goodbye manner to people. Right. Um, the Italian goodbye wave can be interpreted by Americans as come here <laughs> when they're really trying right. to signify, no, bye-bye, right. see you later. Uh, an American come here gesture can be seen as an insult in most Asian countries. Right. Um, yes. Go back to the eyes. What did you say about the eyes? Eye contact in some countries, eye contact is 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 necessary. Avoiding eye contact is rude or seen. You could be considered as un- distrustful. Whereas other in other countries, too much eye contact you is inappropriate, and again, it's considered rude. You just it's it's all relative to the region that you're going to. You want to keep that in mind, um, and and make sure that. <laughs> What you think, what we think is appropriate doesn't matter when we go into these other countries. 
Right. What matters is having respect and honoring how they do things. Doesn't have to make sense to you. Does that check make sense to you? I mean, that's what it boils down to. Does that check you? Correct. Right. Um, that contract you want them to sign, does that make sense to you? Um, you know, handshakes mm-hmm. are big in some countries. Um, and while we're on it, I want to say something real important about technology. A cell phone might be important to you, but guess what? There are some oh, yes. where you, that phone, bane of your existence. I know of an ex- a situation where a person was having a meeting in Africa um, and they were early, or with a, with a gentleman who was, in, was African, they were early. The person was early. Meeting had to start. And when we say early meeting, there was a good 15, probably 20 minutes before the meeting was to start. So in, their, in, in the American thinking, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and check my messages. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it in front of him. So what did he say? He grabbed the phone, threw it across the room because he thought it was disrespectful for that person to check their email or to be on their phone in front of them, even though the meeting hadn't started and everybody wasn't there yet. Wow. Well, and this is why you need to hire Dr. LaTanya Hughes as your global mentor coach. People, if you didn't know it before, you definitely know it today. (laughs) She has all of the great information (laughs) of uh, cultural, um, cultural social cues that you should and pitfalls that you should steer clear of or that you should definitely pick up on. And with that, we're going to end another fantastic show. We hope you learned something today. We hope you learn to get over a little bit of fear about moving into a global marketplace because you never know how it can, for a dying business in the United States, it could revive your business for a product that you think maybe won't take here. Maybe it will take there for services that you're looking to um, enter into that may seem flooded here. They may be desperate for someplace else. So think global, think bigger. The world is a very big place and there's a lot of places to explore. And we thank you for exploring um, this hour with us on how to do business in foreign countries. Uh, You're listening to Business in Black and we look forward to having you listen to our show next week. And uh, thanks so much, as always, for listening. We love doing what we do. You can always contact us. Of course, Dr. Hughes is the Global Mentor Coach, and I am the Business Intelligence Coach. And until next time, have a great week. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.